0: to the android central podcast my name is shruti shaker i am the editor-in-chief here at android central and i have my lovely friends with me nick Cetrick. hello hello hi hi and i've got Derek lee hello hello
1: hi everyone
0: okay uh let's get right into it it apparently took me three times to record this intro because i forgot how to to talk on the podcast, so let's get right (laughs) into it. I want to talk about the Samsung Galaxy S24 because we put out our initial reviews this week. Um, We call it initial review. We've done this before because, you know, we've only had the phones for, what, two weeks, and we just do not feel... Like, we can give you a full-fledged review. Um, so that's why it's called an initial review. Uh, it's the initial period of time that we've spent with the phone. So let's start with the Ultra. Uh, Nick, you did it. Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra initial review, the pursuit of perfection. I, I love that headline. Basically, you said this is a great phone. It You gave it 4.5 stars out of 5. Um, it is a pricey phone. Pros mm-hmm. include... Most eye-friendly display from Samsung yet. Superb performance and battery life, excellent camera experience, useful AI features, and seven-year update promise. Quality build with flat display, near perfect repairability score. And for cons, he said, camera still struggles to capture motion, uses PWM dimming at all brightness levels, and it's very expensive. Um, so why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about the the bigger version of the three phones that Samsung launched.
2: Yeah, we mentioned it's expensive. I think that's important because <laughs> I feel like that's everyone's biggest hangup on the phone this year. Uh, other than that, it feels a bit boring, right? I, I think. It,
0: it feels like it's incredibly boring because yeah. it looks exactly like last year's phone.
2: Sure, and I mean, they, they tweaked the design. The front's flat, as we said, in the hands-on, um, or at least the display is flat, right? um they have a titanium frame which is kind of gimmicky but it does it does feel higher quality you know if i hold them both one in each hand
0: i have to say i love your hero image i'm sorry i can't stop looking at it
2: (laughs) it was it was fun
0: it's very beautiful i just the color composition yeah it's very pretty (laughs) anyways if you haven't read the review just go and look at the hero image it's very very pretty
2: there you go um gosh let's see so because of the price, it's difficult to say that people should upgrade from an S23, right? And you um, wrote
0: you wrote an editorial talking about that as well.
2: Yeah, and I talked about it in here too. Um, I mean, it, it would make sense for a lot of people to just go get an S23 if they don't have one. And then anybody who has an S23, you, you probably shouldn't upgrade. Um, if you are upgrading from a much older Galaxy phone, this is probably a good time to upgrade despite the price. If for no other reason than that, you now have seven years of guaranteed software updates. So, yes, the price is higher. Um, There is no base unit that has, you know, less RAM and whatever to make it cheaper. So you have a a stronger base model, essentially, for a higher price. But I really, really think that that software guarantee is going to make a big difference for more people because, as we've seen every year is diminishing returns. I mean, how many times are we like, oh, this update's kind of boring, right? Like these phones, are, they're kind of boring anymore, right? But I are kind of out of exciting that, ideas.
0: I just think that that is just such a problematic statement though. like we've talked about it. I just feel like no one's going to keep their phone for seven years. It's just not a thing. We know that the average number of years that a, people, Maybe. Like a person keeps their phone is about three to four years. And it's not even about keeping your phone for three to four years because you you want to keep your phone for whatever reason but like there's a reason for why you are upgrading your phone as well it's like for so many reasons and I think it was in a few podcasts ago I can't remember when it was but Jerry had mentioned how who's to say that like in seven years time the software update that would be provided for the S24 would actually be applicable or actually functionable in the S 24. Like you're, if you're looking at like a seven year update, right? Like the year that the, sure. like you you have your phone in, in year seven and it's for the latest model. So what is that? What's I'm really bad at math. That's the S 33 would be the, that version, I guess. Um, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. <laughs> we're we're we're
2: like yeah we're at like 30,
0: 30, 30, 30, 31, right? whatever like, yeah S thirty one is is yeah. launching and that update will be provided for the S twenty four, but will it be like compatible for a device that was made seven years ago hardware wise specs wise right. like graphics, you know, all that stuff, like sure. the seat, the, 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 yeah. the chip, the chip that's used, like, will it be able to use an update that was done seven years into the future when things are going to be so much more functional, so much more efficient, so much more different? I just don't think it's like a selling point to me. And I need you to convince me why you think that's a selling point.
1: I, okay. I, I agree. I, you know, and I think, what doesn't apple do this because i mean their phones get updated forever and yeah they have they, seven years they'll as well. issue a, yeah and they'll issue an update but the phone like an older phone won't necessarily get all the features in the update mm-hmm. but it will get as many as the chip or whatever can support so, um, so, so I nick figure... tell me
0: then tell me why why do you think that's a sellability thing
2: Okay, so I still know several people who have not upgraded from an iPhone with the home button. And I don't mean like the mini. I'm talking about like, you know, the eight, the seven, whatever, right? Okay, (laughs) there are people still holding on to it. And I'm not just talking PWM sensitive people. Like these are regular people who don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks on a new phone because their phone works fine, right? And I think with the diminishing returns line, we're getting to the point where phones are similar to cars in that you don't need to upgrade every year. You don't even need to upgrade every four years because there's not that big of a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with this, there's a bit of uncertainty just because we've never been to this point before. Um, I would say maybe in the last two years max, we've been at the point where five or six or maybe even seven years is gonna feel really good outside of you know maybe those iPhone situations or a few users that don't mind performance after several years um and i think the newer processors the newer you know software things like that are mature enough to where these things will be usable for a certain percentage of the population for a long time
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: you know the camera is good enough everything else is is fine i can't see displays really getting that much better than this right like I, there are not a lot of categories on these phones where, even in seven years, if I'm looking at a, a, a plain slab phone, I can't see them getting all that much better.
0: Okay, I have a, I have right. a follow-up question to that, though. So, do you think that this is this – is a, a, we're at a time right now where there's the possibility that companies are going to rethink how often they announce a new device – because they believe that their phones can last, you know, in a similar vein to a car, or if that's not going to happen, are we still going to see the number of devices that are going to launch? And then what happens in that circumstance? Because at the end of the day, these companies wanna make money and that's why right. they're putting out these phones and they want people to upgrade because they think that's that's the best thing and they're gonna keep shelling money into to producing the next phone. And it, and again, if we think about them reducing the number of launches that they make, that's going to be job cuts. That's going to be lessening the number of people that are working towards creating new devices. So right, where are we in that circumstance?
2: I, I think as far as jobs go, some of those employees will be shifted to R&D or similar things like that, or maybe even um, to the repair side of things, because that's one of the other reasons that I said – I think this is a, a highly valuable phone is because it's so easily repairable. Mm. Um, anybody with technology can repair this thing based on what we've seen of teardowns and, and you know I fix it guides and things like that. You can order a part and take the back off and fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. and it's not complicated. And that also means that taking it to a store is not going to cost you several hundred dollars to get this thing fixed, whereas it might cost a foldable that much because it's super complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So as as they move towards those types of things, it makes keeping these devices longer a little bit easier.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: Uh, I forgot what my reply was to
1: your question a <laughs>
2: second ago.
1: Yeah, it kind of brings up a point too about like you were kind of mentioning this earlier, Nick. But I think you know how different is software going to be in seven years, like. I I feel like we're at a point where the software is, like, pretty mature. Right. And aside from the AI features, which, I mean, you know, the chips are now able to handle, like, on-device AI. Um, So, like, aside from more powerful chips that can maybe handle more on-device AI, like, I feel like there's a else. Yeah, like, where do we go in terms of software? Like, we're talking about hardware. I remember what I was going to
2: say when you're doing truthy.
0: You know what, where I think we're going to go and it made me think about one of our pitch meetings where I think you were asking Andrew or I can't remember who it was, but it was that that phone that it's more of a gimmicky phone as of now, but that phone that like only has an assistant on it.
2: Oh, the Rabbit R1.
0: That one. I feel like we're going to get to a point like that's like your next iteration of what a phone could do like so you, you're gonna have a phone that like basically acts like your personal assistant that like talks to you and like tells right. you and like gets you everything that you need done like that because because you know you bring a good point Derek it's like where do we go next and and that made me have an existential crisis for 30 seconds of like <laughs> oh my god are we going to just not have like growth and like, what does growth in technology mean? Cause we've reached to that point now where we, I mean, it's, it's not like it's pinnacled or peaked peak or whatever, but it's like, we've come to a point where software has matured so much, hardware really has matured quite a bit. Where do we go next? And then the yes. like right after that, I thought of that phone where there's only an assistant on it. Um, <laughs>
1: From a slab phone, especially if you have like an ultra, the only place to go really is to a foldable, mm-hmm. um, and then and then from there, you know, rollables will come out. I think I feel like that's really the hardware evolution: is slab phone, foldable, and well, then a rollable.
0: or it could even be next. it could even be like um, spatial touchscreen, like uh, yeah. Apple Vision Pro touchscreen. You to, know what I mean? Like it could get yeah, to that. Yeah, I feel point. like we're
1: definitely ways from that point for sure but i do think that's part of the natural evolution once we get past like the physical like rollable foldables all those then oh eventually gosh. we're probably going to get to the point where it is just the glasses um yes. and even hopefully contacts which would be so oh my cool.
0: god this podcast <laughs> is becoming too much now i, I know, know. We
1: were, we we're talking about the s24 ultra review and now we're <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, back back
2: to the S24, on, then, the, right? <laughs> back, back to yeah, the
0: S24. Back to the S24,
2: and thinking about going forward, okay? Yeah. Um, we saw from Galaxy AI that it's not coming to the S22, and that's because mm-hmm. of processor reasons, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But also, we saw from the S24 that Samsung is likely going to charge people for AI features in two years. So, you know, some of these AI features okay. work on device. Actually,
0: though, actually, though, so you were not on the podcast when we talked about this, um, but Jerry and I, and it was like, I think Namira or someone else who was on it, I can't remember. But basically, we did discuss this. And the, we think that the reason for why, and I don't want to get too much into this, but we think the reason for why Samsung had that is more of a. Yeah, it's a CYA um, thing. Yeah, more. Were you on the podcast with us when yes, we talked
2: about I was. That? But, okay. But, 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 okay. So, okay, I, not? I, They also talked this week about uh, the potential of adding more AI features to people who subscribe to a service. So, okay, I like I Google think,
0: One.
2: Yes, I think okay. they are laying the groundwork for a potential of not launching annual phones and instead mm-hmm. having an annual subscription plan where you oh, get new be features interesting. every year. Okay. And it would probably be less money for consumers and more um, profit for them because they don't have to make a new phone and, you know, build the hardware and ship it and all that other crap they got to do with it, right? Like if they go to software, boom.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that makes total sense. I can definitely see that
1: like like yeah in replacement of launching a new phone every year like all right now you can unlock new features i don't know i find that very interesting i don't know how well like something like that would do but it is a very interesting concept Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's definitely interesting but i think they're going to
2: have to to sell it to us right they're going to have to prove that
1: it's worth it but ultimately
2: if it if it saves people money I don't think it will be too hard to convince people to get new features that are meaningful without having to spend, you know, another $1,300 on a new phone hardware.
1: But yeah. Speaking of meaningful, I mean, how, how did you find these features on the S24 Ultra?
2: I will not use most of them in my daily life.
1: Interesting. <laughs> Which yeah. ones did you like?
2: Um, I love instant slow-mo. I don't know how often i will use it but it's a lot of fun and i i love the idea that you can take any existing video and turn it into a slow-mo it's
1: except i found if it's recorded with hdr 10 i was recording videos with hdr 10 on my plus it the instant slomo didn't seem to work with that weird okay well,
2: well i would say i guess then most videos that already exist right And, you know, that sort of paradigm um, jives with my feeling about Magic Editor and Magic Eraser and like some of these other really cool editing features that we've seen on these phones where it doesn't have to be captured by that phone, right? You can go back to your old memories. Like you wrote that article about restoring your old family photos with, was it Reflection Eraser?
1: Yeah, it was with the the remaster. The uh, Reflection Eraser uh part of it
2: right and they they have like the remaster stuff and like it's to me it's those features that are really valuable
0: well okay let's talk about the camera and obviously i i want to talk about the s24 plus um because derek did the initial review for that but i I want to just stick with the Ultra for a few minutes and talk about the camera because, Nick, you did a a review specifically on the camera. You titled it, with the Galaxy S24 Ultra, Samsung finally made a camera better than a Pixel. Um, Yeah, and, you know, like, this phone's camera is pretty spectacular. There are, you know, a lot of really nice considerations for it. So why don't you walk us through this and... Maybe tell us like your favorite thing about...
2: I think my favorite thing about the camera is that Samsung, like with the display, they change the processing a bit to make things look more natural. So like the display, the colors aren't as saturated and all that stuff, right? It's Mm. the same thing with the pictures from the camera. The pictures from the camera are not as saturated. They're not as processed. Like Mm. if you look in my camera review and in some of the comparisons between the S23 Ultra and the S24 Ultra... You can find more, we'll call it fine detail, in some of the S23 Ultra pictures, but it's, it's kind of fake. And it's fake because Samsung super processes its photos, typically, and you end up getting really oversharpened stuff. So on like the edges of, if you're taking a picture of a flower on the edges of the leaf, it'll, it'll be real funky looking, right? Because they used a lot of processing to, to make it look sharper than it actually is. And that doesn't happen on the S24 Ultra. And I really like that.
0: It's a little and, bit more and, natural.
2: Yes. And to me, that's always been one of the main reasons I like Pixel phones. Because what, when you take a picture with a Pixel, it's typically how it looked like with your eyes. Like, it's not it's not this crazy, vibrant thing. And I know some people like that, but I hate that. And that's why
0: yeah. I give
2: Pixel cameras higher ratings because they're correct, right? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And And they have gone... Samsung has gone... And sort of sided on that, um, on that metric of having more accurate colors, having less processing. Like, these look like photos that come from a real camera rather than a smartphone trying to look like a real camera. Telephoto-wise, telephoto camera is improved all around. I was really impressed because I absolutely did not believe that changing to a five X telephoto from a 10X was gonna be any good at all. But um I'm happy to report I was wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because Samsung yeah. is like branding this phone as like a how are they branding it? Like a quad tele I don't know. Like some something quad,
2: weird Yeah, quad telephoto or whatever.
1: Yeah, quad telephoto, which is it's, it's very know, interesting. I I mean, it's you know that they, they do um, highlight the 10X zoom um, right. I guess because it's so improved by the ai and whatnot and i i guess because of the resolution it helps to retain the the quality of the 10x zoom when you're zooming in i don't know
2: right and um let's see so i i think something in that regard that was really interesting was that they say up to 10x is optical quality which i will agree it absolutely looks better than the s23 ultra up to 10x um you know, whatever it, it does beyond 10 X, it's kind of a mix. um I would say they sort of trade blows up to 30 X and then beyond that, typically the S 23 ultra wins. But if we're going to be real, I can't say any picture from any phone beyond 30 X is really worth using. Unless you're just like, uh-huh. Oh, like I, I can't even think of a niche subject right now to pick. But there are, it's really niche, right? To, to go beyond that and get anything decent. So I think Samsung improved the areas where it actually could improve versus trying to focus on that, you know, 30 to 100x space zoom thing. <laughs> My biggest problem is that Samsung still struggles capturing motion. <laughs> I don't understand yes. why. All right. I, I will continue to recommend a Pixel to any parent who has young kids because this just doesn't take good pictures of kids who are moving around and people with pets same kind of thing like if you take lots of pictures of your pets maybe get a pixel i don't I really
1: yeah like if that's the similar.
2: most important thing for you the pixel still wins but if anything else is more important this is a better camera
1: now have you tried um because one of the things i recommend that i talked about in my review is downloading the uh, camera assistant app um have you have you used that on the s24 ultra yet
2: yeah i i tried um in my motion section in the review okay. the second picture where my son's wearing a red shirt i turned all the processing off using that <laughs> and it still it still did not make any difference
1: like, you had it like uh prioritize speed over focus or whatever right
2: exactly and it just huh. i mean like let me let me click through them like i don't i don't know i don't i don't really see any notable difference
1: Mm-hmm. between the
2: two, the two photos with the processing normal and the processing off. Like, if, if you look at the first photo, that's with all the processing on. You can actually see outside my front window. And if you go to the third photo, which is that one where I turn everything off, the front window is just a, a big old white bloomy mess, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can tell it's not doing the extra processing. But him jumping off the couch doesn't look any better.
1: What well, Samsung really needs to focus on improving, like, i mean we have the camera quality
0: i feel like maybe it's just not something that they care about
1: it should be um because it just makes it so hard to like get a good photo like i mean sure when the object is static or when the subject is static sure but like not everyone is going to sit still for a million hours while your phone tries to (laughs) take and process the photo like especially exactly um and you could be missing out on such a great picture of jiggy for example
0: <laughs> i know because he just moves so much
1: yeah, and he has all that fur and hair or whatever he has um... <laughs> i love it yeah i mean it, this is gonna vary
2: from person to person
0: right let's talk about the s24 plus um and then i kind of just like i'm kind of I don't want to talk about Samsung anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Derek, you, you did the initial review of the Samsung Galaxy S24 plus. Um, I love your headline. It's called uh, Samsung Galaxy S24 plus initial review, no longer the awkward middle child. And you basically gave this phone a four out of five. Stars, um, pros include iPhone-like design. I agree. That's what I liked about it. Small bezels, the return of the QHD Plus display, some fun AI features, seven-year update promise starts with more RAM, great performance, good battery life. Cons include many AI features tied to Samsung apps. Sharp corners can be painful in hand. Auto HDR requires camera assistant app and same camera hardware. So... Yeah, interesting. Talk to us about it. Walk us through.
1: Yeah, so I like the design a lot. It's very flat like the frame very pretty. is. Now,
0: yeah, pretty. the frame is now
1: really flat. Um Samsung has been, you know, like kind of like the S24 Ultra, like display has been getting flatter. Now the frames each year um, for the past couple of years have been getting flatter as well. And so now it looks very like if I just set it down on its on, on its back um with the display off. I would almost mistake this for an iPhone and I'm not going to lie. I like that. Um, like, I feel like this is what it's like to hold an iPhone and I'm not mad at it. Um, I like the design a lot. I like the back. Um, the frame is very like, it's, I guess it's like a brushed aluminum or something, but I, I just like how it feels. Um, yeah. And like um, for the display, the bezels seem a bit smaller Um, like I said, it's now a QHD resolution, which, uh, hasn't been on the plus since I think the S20 plus, um, and then Samsung after that moved to, uh, full HD plus, uh, resolution. So it's nice that Samsung brought back the higher resolution option. Um, I don't know. I, I, I overall, I enjoy this phone a lot. Um, I do. Like when we were speaking about the AI features, I really like the translation features. I use it a lot because I have a lot of friends abroad, and I mean they speak English, but now I can talk to them in their native languages, and they seem to understand it pretty well. Um, one of my friends in particular, um, one well, one said that he really liked my Italian or something, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't speak Italian, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then another one who I've known for many, many years, and um, uh, he was like, oh, I see, like, your Spanish has improved a lot. Um, and I didn't say anything at first, and I was like, well, you know, it's not me. I mean, I, I do speak Spanish pretty well, but um, – it's and I read and write it pretty well, like, better than I speak it, but, like, I'm not completely fluent, so, I you like, know- he could –
0: thing i think about when it comes to these translation tools is i just i just always find it interesting whenever they say oh yeah like now you can like talk to whoever whatever but the the thing too is like one one that you were mentioning how like you know sometimes it was picking up like on formal terms or like picking up picking up on words that were just like not used colloquially i also think that can also make someone feel offended in a culture if you are going to a culture where they have specific, like, intonations or specific ways of speaking. Like, I recently learned that in Korean, um, if you are addressing someone who you're not, like, related to or you're not in a relationship with, you have, like, a formal way of speaking to them. And then, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone, you can almost, like, remove that formality and you can be like, oh, let's talk, like, informally. But apparently that, does, that sort of way of speaking doesn't get translated in subtitles. So if you're watching like a, like a K-drama or something and, and that happens, that sort of gets lost in translation. And I feel like a similar situation happens with AI translating tools where they try to make it as realistic as possible. But you there's still a level of loss in translation, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, it, um, when it comes to, like, the written text, um, I feel like it does a little better. Um, I haven't really known Like, it It does seem a little formal, yes, and sometimes, like, it, like I can tell. I'm Like, I'll have to edit it myself. I'm like, all right, this sounds a little, like, let me tone this down a bit. Um, but I still really, like, I don't know. I haven't really had any complaints when it comes to, like, the written text. Text because it'll just tra- like translate what you're writing automatically and also translate your conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which I love because um, you could see the text in the original language and then you'll see it translated at the bottom. Where I have noticed where it's it's a bit formal. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's um, fluent in Hindi, and she was saying, yeah, it just it sounds like so formal to the point where there are some words that I don't understand. Right, right. And I, I just found that very interesting. Um, and, and same with uh, one of my friends who uh, speaks, you know, he's fluent in Spanish. Uh, he was saying that it sounds very, you know, because being in the United States, um, you know, being from San Diego, most of my friends are from Mexico, or um, their parents are from Mexico. Um, and so it's it's more like mexican spanish slash like us spanish but mm-hmm. at the same time like you know if like us spanish classes they tend to teach like spain spanish which is a bit different mm-hmm. and so when my friend when I was talking to my friend using the um the live translate like for the calls um he was saying that it just sounds so like different mm. um and like he couldn't really pinpoint it, but he was like, "Yeah, it sounds just so like formal, but almost like you're using like Spanish from Spain and not Spanish from Mexico." Um, so I just found that very interesting. And and it's also I don't know live translate. It's fun feature, but it doesn't always get the words correct. Um, it doesn't always understand what you're trying to say. It'll try to translate something before you finish your sentence. Like if you pause, um, it'll. Automatically start translating and kind of get it wrong because it'll think that you ended your sentence when you're still trying to formulate your sentence.
0: Also, um, oh, basically a lot of problems.
1: Yeah. And if you don't mute it, then it sounds like there's like four voices talking, especially because after you talk, it'll, it'll, like there's a delay and then it'll talk to the other person in the other, like in their language. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. a little weird. Um, but the translation feature I like. The only thing I don't like is that it's tied to Samsung keyboard. Mm. Samsung keyboard is you so we're
0: complaining bad. about that. <laughs>
2: it's terrible. It has always been terrible. It will it always is be
1: terrible. So bad. I yeah. like it it for some reason, whenever I type the, like the word the, <laughs> it types T-H-R. And I'm just like, what? Like, can you just not get this word right? Like, like You're there's probably something probably
2: saved that in I, your personal dictionary from like ten years ago.
1: I don't like I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not the uh. only one who's dealt with this too, um, and it's just it's so annoying. And it feels like the autocorrect is like both like too aggressive and not aggressive enough. And I'm always fighting with the keyboard to like to like type and sometimes it'll just i don't know it's it's just annoying and the
2: first thing i do with any samsung phone literally the first thing i do when i sign in is download gboard and and change it out
1: literally literally
2: (laughs) because that also syncs passwords and all that other crap too so like it's it's really central to my android experience and if i don't have that i'm just pissed off constantly
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean maybe uh you can play around with the and like because, again, I really enjoy the translation features. Um, so I don't know, maybe you can tr- like play around with it. And, but uh, it's just annoying. But besides that, Derek is, I mean, Derek is, Derek is over it.
2: <laughs> I, I'm glad you were able to test that, though, because I re- I don't really have any way to test that. Like, I just don't have a good way to test that. I'm sure I could find somebody to help me talk through it. But it was nice that you had that.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, other than that, like some of the other Gen AI, Gen AI features, like the generative edit, are just fun. Um, I, I think I like edited out a uh, my my friend's like car horn, and it was like a Mazda or something, and it had the logo on the horn. So we like edited that out or something. Right. And then um, when we hit generate, it generated the same logo on the horn but like slightly different.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Which we just thought was, which I thought was so interesting. Um, like, I don't know, maybe it was like an, another version of the logo that like Mazda has used, but like it was just such an interesting thing that we tried out. That's,
2: that's uh, one of those times where you it on social media and you're like, yo, I got this new car, check it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I'm curious to play with this. Um, I, I I haven't played with it too much, but... I mean, I like the feature. I think it's fun. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the phone overall, I mean, the camera, it's the same as last year. I, um, like, it's not bad. It's a good camera. Um, You can definitely get some good photos out of it. But, yeah, movement is still a problem. Um, Also, yes, download the camera assistant app for any Samsung phone, really. Um, Right because i i love the h the auto hdr feature just helps um like you'll see in my review there's a comparison of a photo i took at a park and you'll see without the auto hdr feature the sky was just like blown out but then with yeah. it on you could actually like make out the details of the clouds so i don't know why this isn't like automatically on the phone but yeah, download the Camera Assistant app from the um, Samsung Galaxy Store. And while you're there,
2: download Good Lock as well.
1: <laughs> yes, download Good Lock.
2: <laughs> those, those are, that's, switch out the keyboard for Gboard, and then go download those, those two apps. Those are the first three things you should do with any Samsung phone. All right. Looks like Thank that us later. is a
0: great editorial idea that you should write, both of you, Nick and uh, Derek. Hardy Derek already wrote it. We're good. <laughs> just letting you know. Okay, let's take a quick break because uh, we've got some other stuff to talk about. <laughs> we'll be right back guys. If your business earns millions or tens of millions of revenue, stop what you're doing and take a listen because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out the best offer we've seen. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 25 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. Over 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of the special financing offer at netsuite.com slash android. netsuite.com slash android to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. netsuite.com slash android. Okay, I want to talk about um, a story that happened just now, right before the podcast, actually, uh, that uh, Nick, you wrote. So essentially, it's about Meta and how Meta is shifting from AR to VR, doubles down on Raybound partnership. Essentially, the news is one report states that Meta is pulling back on AR glasses, development citing high R&D costs and no commercially viable product results. One feature aug- augments.
2: Augments, yes. Augments,
0: okay. <laughs> I, was like, did I, I was like, did I read that right? Okay, yeah, Augments that's correct. It's weird. <laughs> has been cancelled for AR glasses development and is shifting to MetaQuest headsets instead. Meta is strengthening uh, its partnership with Ray-Bans on the development of future smart glasses. Um, give us your analysis here. And it's also really interesting that this is happening. I guess maybe not super interesting-ish, but um, Meta's earnings are happening today, which is uh, Thursday, February 1st. So Uh, We'll know more about what the company has to say about this, um, you know, shortly. But as of now, Nick, Nick, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a uh, an analysis and breakdown of what's happening here?
2: All right. So as you have probably heard a gazillion times before, Meta spends a lot of money on R&D. It's Reality Labs division, quite literally spends billions of dollars every quarter. A lot of that has has. people are going oh they spend too much on the metaverse or whatever but reality labs is meta's r d division like that's everything they do for r d right ai all of that stuff is is looped into this division so in an effort to make that number smaller every quarter um it seems like what they're doing is focusing on products that they can launch in the near future or have already launched um That means that AR glasses, which they still estimate to be at least three years out from now, are getting pulled back quite a bit. Um, So back in December, uh, they started merging their AR glasses uh, software division with the same division that has already developed two generations of Ray-Ban smart glasses, and now, uh, I'm sorry, and a month prior to that, they laid off the internal silicon development team and announced that they were partnering with Mediatek for God, everything future AR glasses right?
0: Everything is a mess. Oh my yeah, God.
2: they're they're just they're shifting stuff, which makes sense. I mean, it the the nice thing for Meta as a company is that they were in a position to spend billions every quarter experimenting. It's like Google used to do when they made, you know, balloons that gave internet to third world countries, right? Like, they're, they're in a really interesting place where they can just spend this money and it's not that big of a deal. But it's starting to come back and bite them because they're not giving their investors a return on their money. And so they, they have to cut back on some of that stuff now. But you know the bright side of this is we have the Ray-Ban smart glasses and those got really good reviews from quite literally everyone this past year. I think the next generation is going to be even better because of these moves. And I mean, the Quest 3 has been the same. The Quest 3 is the highest reviewed headset they've ever made Um, a couple of the recent announcements they've made are have have made it look even stronger like today they just announced that you can now view spatial videos on Quest 2 and Quest 3 that were originally recorded to be viewed on the $3,500 Apple Vision Pro so they're they're doing some flexing right now and I think it's important for them to do that because you know in reality Apple is the only competition they've had for a long time there, there have been other names in this space, but they haven't been able to compete at the level that, you know, Meta has been spending. And now that Apple's is here, uh, it's pretty obvious that they're, they're shifting focus to, to compete with Apple directly.
1: It's
0: just so fascinating to me because <laughs> I just, I don't know how I feel about this. I'll be honest, because I don't really see how Meta can compete with Apple. Like, I really, really, I've said this before. I just don't see it unless they had a Quest Pro 2. I just, I just, it's like comparing apples to oranges. I don't get it.
1: Or apples to quests.
0: Yeah, Yeah. like, am I, am I thinking that wrong? Like, or are they (laughs) just, are are they delusional? (laughs) Like, I just don't.
1: I'm not sure if I agree. Um, I don't agree, agree.
0: with me or agree with?
1: Yeah, you. like I, I think that Apple <laughs> is the one. Oh wow! Who's have
0: Thanks, Derek.
1: I'm, I'm, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think it too. Don't blame Derek? Yeah. Um, I just I have I don't think that Apple because right now Apple doesn't seem to even know what their the Vision Pro is for. Um, no one seems to know what it's for. Like, what is it supposed to do, and who is it but for? I don't,
0: I don't think
1: it's and, for gaming, though. Well, right. no, I'm not even sure if it's for enterprise either. Like, I don't know what it's for. It's just, just for,
0: then why create uh, it if you don't know what it's for? That's,
1: that's exactly what I mean, and that's Let's why go. I don't. I think that Apple's going to be the one who's going to have problems um, competing. Um, I
2: think I've but, said this on a previous podcast, but I think this is a lot like the Apple Watch, where they launched it thinking it's maybe one thing, but it turns out that it's stronger in another area. And I feel like a year from now, when it, you know, maybe if, if Vision Pro 2 comes out in a year, if they wait longer than that, whenever the next iteration comes out, I think we're going to see a shifted model, you know, a shifted focus in one way or another, just like we
1: saw with the second
2: gen Apple Watch.
0: Maybe.
1: <laughs> I think that Apple, Apple has a plan And that eventually when they come out with a cheaper model that's going to be more consumer, you know, focused, then, you know, by that time they'll have figured out, okay, what what do we want to do with this? But then I'm not sure if like people are going to want to buy into it. I I think that meta has, you know, right now has done a good, like, because we've seen in the past, like Microsoft was like making such a big deal out of, you know, the, what was it called? Um, their mixed reality thing that they were, like, making such a big deal out of years ago. No, no, no. HoloLens. Yeah, HoloLens. Um, Like, to me right now, that's where the Vision Pro is. Like, a bunch of hype, and then it'll kind of go nowhere unless Apple takes it somewhere. And even then, like, Apple really has to, like... Like we have to get we have to get, you know, beat like if there's no beat saber on, on this thing, then no one's gonna want it. I'm just gonna say that right now. Like if you don't have beat saber on your on your on your VR headset, don't even bother.
0: I just feel uh, like do people still play that game?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of is people that, is
0: it like really okay? <laughs> it's so fun. everyone Everyone listening to the podcast is going to, like, throw me so much hate. It's fine. All
1: right. So it's like the game you have to get whenever you get any VR headset. And I don't imagine. I don't know. Maybe they will make one for it. I don't know if Apple even wants this to be their, like, eventual consumer product to be a gaming thing. But if it is, it has to have, like, you know, the games that are popular on other devices like the Quest right and and, it's going to be competing with quest but also with sony and i know sony isn't like a huge name in vr but it's still a bigger one than apple right now
2: right so i'm trying to figure where to go with my thoughts um on the gaming front um there are a handful of games at launch uh one of which is synth riders which is like a i'll say it's like a a chill alternative to beat saber i don't know if you ever played it or not but a lot of people love synth riders um Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun it works really well for something like vision pro because you're just moving your arms around rather than i mean, I guess you're doing that with beat saber as well but
1: but even that feels a little different that sounds weird like you're just moving your arms around
2: it's it's more like
1: without 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 a controller in your hand that just yeah, I
2: don't I don't even want to get into that because I'm I'm. yeah, we could talk about that another podcast, I would say, <laughs> but like on on the Vision Pro's release. Right. Um, just like Meta has been in a unique position. Apple is also in a unique position. Uh, it's a different one, though, like they have the R&D spent on this. Right. Um, there was a nice fluff piece in Vanity Fair that got published, I think, today, maybe yesterday um, with tim cook and him wearing the vision pro in public for the first time and blah 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 and like in it he compared what we have now with vision pro versus when this project started seven years ago and it was this headset wired to a supercomputer with a crap ton of wires and it was super awkward right and now they have a headset that looks nice it's it's heavy but you know it's still wearable uh they have a kind of vision for what it wants to be, but it the hardware doesn't really fit the vision quite as well yet. But I think they had to release it now and at this price, because as we've seen from pre-orders, they've already made at least $700 million in revenue off this thing, wow. which is bonkers, right? So they're they already on their way to making up the R&D for this. And because they've released this enthusiast product at an enthusiast price they can make that super mega profit and funnel it into another one that will be even smaller and better and blah 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 right like um i i think these kinds of awkward first generation products are needed especially at these prices because you have to get to the point where you can make a better one and if you don't release anything you end up like meta who has never released a proper pair of AR glasses and has still spent billions and is still years away from it, right? So, I think this is an okay place to be, even if it's not like the greatest
1: project of all time.
0: Well, good for everyone who's involved in this project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good
1: luck to, I mean, good luck to Meta, yeah, because I, I cover their
0: good luck, good
1: luck. Yeah, uh, their R and D, uh, what what is what is it called? Reality lab. Reality is, labs is so much money every quarter, and so hopefully this helps them.
0: Sending yep. you good vibes, Meta. Sending you good vibes. Yes. Uh, let's go back to Google. Let's talk about a Super Bowl ad that was released, um, or I guess uh, the BTS video for the Super Bowl ad. Uh, so Google highlights a life-changing pixel feature in BTS video for a Super Bowl ad. Um essentially Google is releasing a an ad this year. I wanna know how well, they all they obviously have a lot of money, but I wanna know how much they spent for that ad slot because good question. Super Bowl ad slots are very expensive. Really? Anyway, um oh, yeah. yeah, it's just like it's just like a little chunk from a quarter of of uh Google's earnings, just, just like for one quarter, it's like not even that big of a deal. It's (laughs) It's like, it's like petty change for them to spend on a Google ad. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But actually it's, that is kind of interesting that they would spend money for a, a, uh, Super Bowl ad though, because I don't know if they've done that in the past, but that's they, they not... do
1: it every year, especially since I think the Pixel 6. Um, okay. okay, right. They partnered with like Lizzo and like to focus, and it's usually focusing on one pixel feature. So, okay. like, I think one of them was focusing on rich, uh, what is it, rich something, where it like, you know, the pixel can better. Like, take better pictures of people, you know, with darker skin tones. Right, right, um, right, right. What it was last year. But it's usually, like, each ad focuses on just one pixel mm-hmm. feature.
0: Yeah, and this year, the feature that they're focusing on is guided frame feature, uh, which follows the story of a blind man and his girlfriend while highlighting this feature. And essentially, um, this guided frame feature uses artificial intelligence to help people with blindness or low vision to take photos, which I love It's amazing. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I just find this concept so, like, is it just me or do I, or is it cringe? Like, I kind of, like, capitalizing on something, like, I get it, but it's also a little cringe because Apple does it a lot, you know, especially with, like, they, (laughs) yeah, they they do it a lot, right? Like, especially when they talk about, like, Apple Watch and health features or whatever.
1: What saved my life. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. It's just a bit cringe. Like, is it just me? Or like, they, am I heartless for thinking that?
1: A no, little. I, I I'm not the same camp, so I get it.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, okay. <laughs> it's,
2: it, it's tough because it's like...
0: It's such a good feature.
2: It, I, it's a good feature. And I want them to highlight the fact that people with disabilities are getting features that help them, uh, just help them throughout life, right? Like, yeah. this yeah. is very useful. <laughs> For somebody who is his vision impaired, (laughs) like this is a super useful feature, and it's it's only on Pixel, right?
1: Like that's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like I Um, would love Garmin to like have a Super Bowl ad talking about how you know they're the wheelchair
0: accessibility feature
1: for people in wheelchairs. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I look, I. I'm not against it. I, I also love that they're focusing on a feature that is so, so freaking cool and helpful and amazing. But there's just a part of me that just feels so cringe. About
1: I, get <laughs> I get it. I get it.
0: I feel bad for thinking that. And I don't mean that. I like Listen, I'm all about supporting and helping and all of that. It's, it's-
2: just... It's the the same thing when politicians parade a victim out and they're like, oh, look at this person I helped. Oh, my God. Ignore the fact that I took hundreds of thousands of dollars from this uh, dirty, you know, money laundering company. Look at this one person, you know, like,
0: it it
2: almost feels a little bit like that, right?
0: Yeah, it really does. And like, you know, I just, I mm, I don't know. But I I, I applaud, I... (laughs) I applaud Google I for did doing
2: that's it. Too
0: much. It's fine. I, I applaud Google for doing it. Honestly, like, you know, I it's like I think the difference between Google and Apple, though, is like Apple very much so like pushes that narrative. I, I feel oh, yes. like they do it so much.
1: So much.
0: Whereas like Google does is like a little bit more tasteful about it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're just like,
1: yeah, Apple thinks they are literally our saviors. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just like, every keynote, I'm just like, you'll oh. have to calm down. Like, it's not that serious. Oh, my
0: God. It's a I smartwatch. To, I'm, I'm trying to, like, contain my laughter, but because if I, like, <laughs> laugh too hard, it's going to be too loud on the podcast. I like, just... Oh,
1: hey, oh. have you heard my laugh? <laughs> no, it's
0: just, like, Apple thinks they're the same.
1: <laughs> they do. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> oh my god. I can't, Derek. Oh my god. <laughs> well, now we have a
1: title for our <laughs> podcast.
0: There you go. I Apple it.
1: thinks they're our savior. Well,
0: oh, like oh. all I could think of was like the Apple logo w- with like like looking like Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's,
1: oh my god. It's with actually with, <laughs> with like perfect. a halo over it. With
0: like a halo over this. Th-
2: it's pretty perfect, because look at, look at the hero image for our Next Topics article.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wait. I can't. Wait. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wait. wait. Okay, well, let's talk about the next topic, because since we're talking about it. <laughs> oh. So, I wanted to, I, I brought the next topic. Okay, well, we kind of, like, ended the, for, okay. So, Google, we appreciate you for doing what you do. Thanks a lot for supporting All the peoples. Okay, let's talk about the second or the last topic. Um, I I brought this out specifically because I have been talking about this with Derek like incessantly, and I really wanted to talk about it. So the article is about um, the aura ring, which by the way, I love. It's like one of the coolest rings ever
1: i love it um
0: love it love it we love you aura uh can you sponsor us please okay um (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) so (laughs) the article is titled feeling stressed new or why does who came up with this title it's so bad that
1: was was all michael
0: <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I love it's you Mike, an it's an
2: We're gonna have to tell him we roasted him live on air.
0: <laughs> wait. Wait, <laughs> feeling, it sounds like a it sounds like a shopping channel commercial.
1: <laughs> go up like at 3 or something. Wait,
0: okay. I need to read <laughs> it okay. We've
2: lost our minds this <laughs>
0: We have, okay. <laughs> at this point. Feeling stressed, new aura ring resilience update will help you pinpoint why. <laughs>
1: okay. For just 299.
0: <laughs> For 299. For several payments of 1995. <laughs> Call 1-800. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um so essentially Aura announced a new resilience metric that assesses your ability to withstand physiological stress. It specifically tracks daytime stress, stress recovery trends during the day and overnight stress recovery. Aura also shares data on when its users typically experience the most stress and what triggers it. I love okay, I can't I I can't express how much I love Aura just because I find that when when I started recognizing the advantages of using an Aura ring, it made me love it even more because I never really tracked my sleep because I I've I've never had problems with my sleep. Like I've always been a deep sleeper I literally pass out in 30 seconds but I've also since learned that passing out in 30 seconds is actually really bad because it means that your body is overtired and you need to you know regulate yourself better um and it just like
1: hope you learn that
0: yeah actually huh? yeah it's super cool and like You know, I always thought like I I had such a flex by saying, oh, yeah, I can pass out in like 30 seconds, but it's actually like really bad for your body to pass out (laughs) in 30 seconds. (laughs) Like it's an indication that you're overtired and you need to like regulate your sleep better. Um, And I learned so many other things about like daytime stress. Like that was one qualm I had with the stress tracker on the Aura Ring, which is when I initially discovered it, it. it only labels it as like stress tracker or like stress, and my problem with that was it. It's not like my immediate thought is like, oh, stress is bad, but there's also good stress that your body, you know, goes through. And the aura ring also specifies that, being like, yeah, you experience high levels of stress, but remember that stress is comes from different things like think like reflect on your day to, to figure out like why you were stressed at these specific times and I actually ended up doing that like I would be like okay why was I stressed at like 1 p.m. it was because I was eating my lunch and I was so excited and happy about eating my lunch
1: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> stress that's
0: <laughs> no, but, interesting but but that's that but it, what they don't that's the thing like stress can be good and bad like if, you're, if your blood pressure is elevated or if your heart rate is elevated, it could mean good things, too. Like you're seeing something exciting. You're watching a movie that's like with action. That that can spike your stress levels. But that's why you need to assess and be like, OK, well, what happened at this time that increased my heart rate? Like what happened here? And I just I just think that them announcing this new resilience metric is so I'm so excited to try, like, try it out. I, haven't, I don't know if my thing has updated t- for this to happen, but I don't know. That's just like my ode to Aura. Aura, I love <laughs> you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, by the way, Aura, I'm the one who convinced her to get the Aura yes! Ring.
0: Yes, I don't know if they listened <laughs> to us, but we love you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I love the Aura Ring, like despite having lost two of them. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you admitted <laughs> to that on, on the podcast. <laughs>
1: you know what you know if when, whenever there's an O ring gen 4 like please tr- figure out some way to add like gps because
0: yeah like if i
1: take this off and i forget where it's at like there's like no way there's not really a way to track it but mm-hmm. like at the same time like i love this thing so much that i like it's I, it's worth like buying like it really I, is I, I recommend it to everyone like I it's, yeah like,
0: it's so, it's, uh, Nick, I feel like you would love it too. Like, it's a little, like, I don't know. I just think it's such a great product. And like, I hope that Aura becomes so popular that it sells more units. Like, it's such a cool device. I think it's really awesome.
2: I, I have yet to use one, but I would love to try it because, you know, it's it's funny. When you were talking about wearing a smartwatch less, mm-hmm. I find, like, I don't have my Pixel watch on right now. That's yeah. happened to me more than once over the last couple of weeks, where I just like forget to put it on. Yeah, and I don't Same. really think about it until several hours later, and I'm like, oh, I haven't been wearing Same. my watch for hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, when
1: yeah. I go to sleep, I'm like, oops. Like when I wake up, I'm like, oops, I forgot to put my watch on because it was charging. <laughs> but meanwhile, the Aura Ring has like a seven-day battery life, so
0: it does, and it's so have to good.
1: Charge it once a week.
0: It's
2: it's more for comfort for me. I really don't like having something on my wrist, and it's one of the reasons yeah. I haven't worn a watch most of my life is I just. I don't but know, it that's... irritates me. Like, I can wear it for a while, but some days, like, there are days where I'll get an hour into the day. I'm like, I can't have this thing on my wrist right now. It's got to go away. It's bothering
0: my, me. My only complaint about the aura ring, because, like, I I was looking at my step stop, and <laughs> I was like dang I'm like a superwoman like I walk like 20,000 steps a day what (laughs) that's so cool no actually like I was averaging out at like like 11,000 or maybe even like 12,000 steps a day and and then I was like that can't be right I just feel like that's not capturing it correctly and then I googled it and everyone was saying how like the aura ring doesn't track your steps very well so it like it adds on like two to three thousand more steps than you normally would so, be taking. So
2: it, is that because you're typing? Does it think your finger strokes are steps?
0: I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. But, I mean, but when I this
2: how many words you've written in a day. But,
0: well, the thing <laughs> is, well, yeah, accurate, accurate, <laughs> because I type really fast and, and a lot. But um, I did check. Like I I checked my phone stats. Um, cause my phone tracks my steps as well. And it is, it's true. Like I, I get about like 7,000 to 8,000 steps a day. Um, and so it was off by like a couple thousand steps. So I can see that, but it's just like weird just that like it did that, you know, like I don't I, get it.
1: Interestingly, I think, you know, cause I was, um, I kind of reviewed this against, uh, I think what my galaxy watch and another watch, um, mm-hmm. Or something, I can't remember. Like, I think I, I it was, like, the O Ring and two other watches that I was testing out at the same time. And I think that the Oura Ring, at least as far as, like, maybe calories burned or something, was, like, the middle of the two. Like, I th- I feel like Samsung would, like, overestimate and my other watch would underestimate. And, like, the Oura Ring was, like, in the middle. Um, hmm. So I don't know. But then I think I mentioned it, too, how, like... I don't know like how accurate the step tracker is, but I do love the automatic tracking feature, like how it'll, it'll just like, cause the O ring can automatically like detect certain like activities and workouts. I haven't tried them all. Like apparently one of them is gardening, which I find very interesting. But, um, I've, I've mentioned it, like, I bring this up all the time that like, I was at a friend's party once. you were
0: dancing.
1: Yeah, I was dancing. And then after the party, as I was on my way home, I get a ping on my phone from the ring. And it's like, hey, were you dancing just now, like, at this time? And (laughs) I was like, excuse me? Why did
0: you sound so accusatory? (laughs) Like, were you dancing (laughs) right now?
1: Well, that's what that's kind kind of how it is sometimes. It'll ping you and it's like, hey, were you doing this? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, to, like, be sure that, like, it it got it right. And I was very surprised because even, like, my smartwatch can't do that. Yeah, um, sure. So I was thoroughly impressed with that. Your and like ever since just then I was that I dancing, swore by it. That's
0: the thing.
1: Huh?
0: Your smartwatch just knew that you were dancing. It didn't well,
1: ask me. my smartwatch won't even like de- like detect that. Like it won't even put that as an entry. It'll just like show me that I've been losing calories, but it won't say that I was doing a <laughs> fair. workout. Fair,
0: fair, fair, fair. I have uh, a funny
2: smartwatch story, I'll tell you too after we're not on the air. <laughs>
0: oh god okay okay well everyone's gonna be very very curious about that but okay you can, on you that can ask note... me on
2: on uh, twitter or whatever if you want <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay on that note uh let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week who wants to go first
2: you know i thought of something before this and i didn't write it down what the heck was i man i hate this that's the worst <laughs>
0: that's the worst oh sorry man You gotta do it books. though
2: books. Do it. that was it books Okay. Um, we're like at the end of the third book in the silo series and i just oh. i think i've already talked about this series oh. already, like gosh i love this series it's great
1: I, so cool. I, I love <laughs> the show i haven't read the book but the show is really good
2: this sh- the show is like so loosely based on the book it's ridiculous <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is thing i
2: i actually i actually kind I've, I've grown to like that because it's like an alternative version of the same concept so like if you liked a book or a movie it's it's almost fun to now get the the different version of it it's the same concept but now you're like oh it, it's like one of those choose your own adventure things where you get to this like same point in the story and then it forks right and it's almost like a multiverse thing and that's that's <laughs> to me that's kind of what it feels like is what if we decided that this person's gonna die instead of this person. And now this changes the whole story. And like, I'm really looking forward to new seasons of the show because I want to see what they're gonna do with it. Because at this point in the show, it's way different from the book, right? Like
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like what they're doing with um, Final Fantasy seven remake um, where they're right, changing with the original the game around Yeah. Um, and I don't know with the second game coming out soon. I'm curious to see like how much changes but um, I do like that, I, that, that concept a lot because yeah. it keeps even, like fans of the books on their toes because now they don't know what to expect.
2: Mm. Right. And like it, with some of those game remakes or whatever, I've bought one or two of them because I got all excited and nostalgic and then I start playing it and I'm like, I've already played this game. I don't want to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> so it's, again, it's nice when they come out with something new and they change something and you're like, oh, this is, this is interesting again. It's still like, it's still the thing I love, but so now I have another so reason long, to go through it.
0: So long as it doesn't piss you off.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there are, like the <laughs> Harry Potter movies and they change stuff, just pissed me off.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Fair
0: enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Derek, your turn.
1: Gosh, I don't have anything, guys. I've well, had such think a think of something. Week. Um, you know what? I so it's not necessarily this week, but recently. Um, I don't know, there's just this show that I really, really love. Um called Has Been Hotel.
0: Cool. And I've never heard of it. Yeah.
1: It's uh it's on Amazon Prime Video, and it like the pilot came out in twenty nineteen, and then um Oh, that's always it, fun. Yeah and then they decided finally to like make the show um with like a like new animators new cast um but sort of the same concept and um it's like it's it's animated but it's it's like a, it's also a musical mm-hmm. and it takes place in hell and basically uh Lucifer's daughter is trying to um like help sinners to uh to like become good again and get get into heaven. Cool. And um so she has this hotel where like, you know, she wants to help people. And uh, it's it's very <laughs> it's not something you should watch with your kids. Oh god. Um,
0: <laughs> 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 Forewarning. <laughs>
1: yes. But it's so I, I love it. Like the humor is very crude. Um, it's a musical, so there's some very good songs. I think one of the songs, Poison, is currently on, like, the billboard charts right now. Um, and there's another song, um, like a father-daughter song that actually kind of makes me tear up a bit. So, um, just be ready for that. Um, <laughs> but it's such a good show, and I love it, too, because, um, one of my friends, uh, actually worked on the score of the show, um, and so it's just, like, fun to, like, because he told me about this, like, I think last year over the summer. And so it's just fun to, like, see his name in the credits. Um, but if you haven't seen the show and if you're into very crude humor, um, then check out Has Been Hotel on Amazon Prime Video.
0: What do you like? being sponsored by Amazon Prime. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) anyway, I'm talking about (laughs) things that I like now. Okay, no, just kidding. Um, Okay, so I had two things that made me really happy. The first is I finished my last book for the month of January, uh, and it was a very, very fun book. I really enjoyed it. It's called Big Swiss, um, and essentially it's about a woman who is a sex therapist transcriptionist. And one day she is transcribing um, a session and she gets enamored by this woman's voice and then ends up meeting this woman in real life, but she lies to the woman and does not reveal who she is. And then everything just sort of implodes and it's just really messy and it's like really good. And it's, yeah, it was it was a great book and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and the other thing that made me really, really happy, and actually, like, I, I'm i so excited. It, oh, I'm so excited, and I feel really bad because none of you guys, unless you're in Canada, will be able to watch this. Um, but there was a YouTuber uh, named just Rain, Um and he's really, really funny. He's, oh my gosh, his stuff on YouTube are just so freaking good. But then several years ago, he sort of just stopped making YouTube videos, and everyone was just like, "Where's, where's Just Rang? Was just me? Like, why is he no longer around?" And people were really sad because, like, he was—he's kind of like, actually, I'm gonna—I'm gonna be really controversial when I say this, but I think he's better than Lily Singh. Um, if you know who she is, she's obviously mm-hmm. like really, really mm-hmm. popular in the U.S. Amongst certain people, uh, she is just—I really do not like her, but honestly. Um, Oh yeah. Um but he and her became popular around the same time uh during like Canadian YouTube like the the rise of it etc. and then he just stopped making videos um kind of similar to Jenna Marbles if you guys know who she is. But anyways, he oh, just stopped- I
1: miss Jenna so much.
0: I know. So if you're a Canadian and you know who just just rain is, you will have the same feeling cuz he stopped making videos and you're like, "Oh my god, where is he?" Anyways, long story short, he just released a new TV show called Late Bloomer. And he's the main character in it. And it's only available on Crave TV, which is essentially Canada's um, OTT service. And it's so good. It's so good. Oh my God. My husband and I, we watched it together because we both love Just Rain. And he, oh my God, there was so much nostalgia. It brought back so much good vibes. Like it was, oh, so good. It's such a good show. And it's so funny. And it makes me really happy that That just rains back and it's really exciting but i really feel bad for anyone who's not canadian because they will not know what i'm talking about (laughs) anyways Uh, okay well with that being said we really appreciate wherever you're you're listening to us whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us and we'll catch you guys real soon
1: bye